This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. So we're continuing from where we were last week and I'm probably just gonna have to stretch this out a little bit and move it on to next week and we'll just see where we end up because they're just a few things that I think are important to touch on because they establish what God's doing and how he's doing and what what he's doing with it, how he's working. In Acts chapter three and verse six, tells the story of Peter and Peter was walking along and while he's walking along he comes to um, a guy who's crippled at the side of the road and the guy who's crippled is, is sitting there and he's begging and Peter looks at him and Peter says to him absolutely nothing because Don has taken her absence <laughs> oh it is that Just was making sure you're all paying attention. (laughs) And Peter says to him, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And in that little verse, there is so much that I think is of value that I want to begin to dissect a little bit and talk about. Because at this stage in Peter's life, Peter is living the life that I think most of us as believers would like to live. Things are happening in his life that are miraculous and that are supernatural. But when he speaks about silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee, it's an interesting comment that he makes because he's talking about the reality that he understands it as he's a born again believer at this point because he's, Jesus has died, he's, being born again is the Holy Spirit has come upon him. He understands where he is in his walk with God that he's straddling two realms. And he understands that he's straddling both the natural realm and the spirit realm. And he's aware of both realms and both dimensions. And he's able to access and realizes the relationship between the two of them and which ones he needs to um, adopt at certain points. And so he reaches this man and this man in the natural is dealing with some issues of consequence. He can't walk. And what Peter says to him is, I see your predicament and I see what's happening in your life and I understand the fact that you got some challenges there which are in the natural realm. But his response is basically saying to him, I don't have anything to give you in the natural realm that's gonna be consequential to you. But what I do have is something from the spirit realm. And if I'm able to take what I have from the spirit realm and and impart it to you, it'll bring about transformation in your life. It becomes important for us because I believe that as born again believers, one of the fundamental principles that God wants us to understand is the importance of being able to recognize that we are not of the world, but we are sent into the world. We have to do that because it's so easy for us, and I spoke last week, if you haven't listened to it, I would encourage you, about the fact that God's given us a toolbox to operate from when we're dealing in the natural realm. Our ability to think, our ability to feel, but we end up in trouble when we allow the tools to begin to give definition to who we are because we begin to look like and conform to the world. He didn't call us to conform to the world. He called us to be made new. What he was saying was, I understand that you're living in the natural realm, but I want you to be defined from the spirit realm. The story of Peter is what Peter's living right at this point. Peter's saying, I recognize what's happening in my natural realm. I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not oblivious to it, and I'm not living with my head in the sky where I don't know what's happening in reality. I understand what's happening down there, but the, the, what is more consequential in my life is the spirit and the spirit's ability to have influence in that situation and bring about change. So we called to recognize the fact that there are certain things that happen in the spirit realm and there are things that happen in the natural realm. And the spirit realm supersedes the natural realm. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. What he's offering him is Jesus Christ. Christ, the anointed one. Christ, the Messiah. What's gonna define the spirit realm for us is Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's when it get, that is when, what is going to give definition to the spiritual dimension that I'm to tap into. 
So it becomes really important for us to move to a place that we, we begin to recognize both of those things. And the reason for that is, and what I want to touch on today, is that God is going to do something in your life in order to do something through your life. The reason he's going to do that is because he set that principle in motion. When he created man, he gave man dominion over the earth. What it means is God said, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to give it to you as man. That's why God always has to work through a human agent. Because in terms of the process that God set up in place, God set up man is to have dominion over the earth. It doesn't belong to him. It belongs to God. But we have dominion over it. That's why Jesus had to come in the flesh. Why God just couldn't arrive on the scene and do whatever he wanted to do. Because man had dominion. So God had to present himself in flesh to have access into the, worldly, into the earthly realm. He's going to do something in your life so that he can do something through your life. The question I have for you is this. What do you have to offer your world? Peter says, silver and gold have I none. I'm not interested in that stuff. I, I'm not trying to accumulate and I'm trying to, not trying to amass knowledge and understanding and all the rest from the natural realm. I'm not trying to amass wealth from any of those things. I'm trying to get to a place where what I have spiritually I'm able to impart to you. His eyes and his focus was on the spiritual realm. What do you have to impart to your world? This is for all the people watching via video. We need to have something because your world is going to demand something of you. You're going to be, get into all kinds of situations. The economy, the world, politics, education, depression, fear. All kinds of stuff that are happening in your world are very much a reality as to what's going on. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. What they're saying is, what are you going to do for me? Are you going to indulge it? Are you going to try and meet that need in the natural realm or do you have something spiritual that you can bring about, that you can bring about tra transformation and take that reality that's happening in the natural realm and as a result of your influence and your being able to tap into the spirit realm, you're able to bring about transformation in that. Amen. Can you get your lame situations to stand up and walk? I'll, I'll, this is a funny thing for me. I, I want to motivate you today to understand that God is on your side. But I don't want you to get so caught up in motivation that I don't give you something practical to be able to walk into it. Do you, have you met God? Shh, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. I'm glad all of you have. I'm speaking to the people on camera now. Have you met God? It is more profound than it sounds. And I will tell you why. Because when you meet God, you will never be the same. You see, when you meet God, a once-off meeting is one thing. But when you meet somebody with regularity, regular meetings translate into what is commonly referred to as relationship. I met them once. It was a few years ago. It's not a relationship. A relationship is an ongoing interaction, ongoing meeting with an individual. It becomes important. Have you met God? I would propose to you today that most born-again believers or many born-again believers met him once a few years ago. You see, what happened was, they know about God, but they haven't met him. Knowing about God is not the same as meeting him. You were once in a place where the Holy Spirit came and resonated with you, and you understood the importance and the significance of meeting him and allowing redefinition and renewal to take place in who you were. And the Spirit of Christ came and took up residence on the inside of you. You know what happened? He moved into the neighborhood. How many times have you had new neighbors that moved into the neighborhood, but you never met them? 
I know where they live. And we go and talk about them. And other people that I know, we all talk about who they are and what they do and they're so nice. And we talk about, and we understand them and we, we get to know all of the stuff about the new neighbors. But I've never met them. What I'm saying, the reason I'm going down this road is because I want for you to understand something. When God moved into the neighborhood, he moved in with a reason. And the reason that he moved in was not just so that he could take up a habitation in the home next door. The reason that he moved in was because he was inviting you into meeting with him with regularity. He's wanting relationship. Amen. You see, when you meet people in the natural what ends up happening is we, we meet the individual and we get to know them and we shake their hand and we have a chat with them and what ends up happening is we left with an impression. What is an impression? An impression is as a result of interaction with them, I get a sensing and an, an understanding as to who they are. I have an emotional um, you know, affinity towards them or not in one way or another. I'm left with an impression. But I can't get that with God. Because God's not natural. God is spiritual. And so if God is spiritual, God's not going to meet you out there. God's going to meet you in a different place. God's going to meet you inside of who you are. God is going to come and God is going to meet your true self. Do you know what that means? It means when you meet people in the natural, you can put on a facade and you can look so good and you can look so spiritual and you can look so happy and you can look so classy and you can look so whatever you want to do. But the thing is you can walk away from that and although that person may be left with an impression of you, it may be horribly wrong. How many times have we misjudged people because we came face to face with a facade? You see... The challenge with, uh, with it from our perspective is when God meets us, he doesn't meet us in the natural realm. God meets us in the spiritual realm. And so when God meets us because he lives on the inside, he touches the true self. And when he meets the true self, the problem with the true self is you're fully exposed. There is no place but authenticity when it comes to dealing and meeting God. There's no place for me to have a facade because he can see who I am. He's right there face to face and there's no place in that dimension for a facade. And he walks into that space and he begins to understand all your fears and all your insecurities and all your anger and all your disappointment. And he comes face to face with all of those areas where we're struggling so hard to believe him. Because he comes face to face with who we truly are. And in that space, he begins to meet us and speak with us. But when you've met with God, he doesn't leave you with an impression. He leaves you transformed. When you meet with God, he will change things about you. You don't do it. It's going to be birthed in you. And you will encounter God in that space because he's brought about some change and some transformation. When you meet with God, you will leave that space and say, I know I met with God. If you don't know you met with God, you never met with him. You will know it. When you meet with God, it brings about transformation. It changes who we are. You see, in the natural realm, we're so accustomed to doing things. We are brought up in a society that encourages productivity. It encourages us to be people who are able to be productive and manufacture and make things happen. It's a work orientation. It's not a bad thing. There's a lot of benefit to it. More people should have a look at it. But it has its place. The problem comes when we take something which is effective and which has its place in the natural realm and we start to translate that into the spirit realm. Because we end up in trouble. Because what happens is we try to do the Holy Spirit's job. 
and we end up in trouble. Here's the mantra. If you want to be a spiritual person, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. You see, God does stuff in us that we cannot do, and it's intentional. Because you can never make it happen. You can try and mimic it, and you can try and imitate it, but it won't last. It's either there or it isn't. It's like pregnancy. You either are or you're not. There is no middle ground. I'm not quasi-pregnant, half-pregnant, semi-pregnant, could be pregnant. You are, you're not. That's what happens with God. The things that are of God are born of the Spirit. Do you know what he's talking about? It's birthing. It's not creating. Uh, it's, it's not productivity. It's not being manufactured. It's being birthed. When you conceive a child on the inside of who you are, you've conceived life. You cannot make that happen. You cannot produce it. You cannot manufacture it. That's what happens in the spirit realm. It's either born of the spirit or it doesn't exist. It's such an important principle for us because we as natural human beings find it so difficult and so hard to get comfortable in that space because we feel as though we're not doing our fair share. We're not doing our job. Surely I'm supposed to be making more of a contribution here. Surely I should be working harder. And if I'm not doing something, I feel a sense of guilt. Not by might, not by power, but by my my spirit. He's introducing us to the fact that when we move into the spirit realm and we're going to operate in that arena, to be aware and comfortable with the fact that you will always live a life of dependency. In that space, you will always live a life where he's going to call you to do things that are perfectly acceptable in the spirit but have no place in the natural. He's going to invite you to step over the side of the boat. And when he invites you to do something, everything that is in the natural realm that has defined who you are is going to scream and shout. Because it doesn't make sense and it isn't logical and it shouldn't happen. It defies logic. That's why he wants to be born. He wants you to be born of the spirit. Because as long as you're living from the natural and being defined by the natural, you will never embrace the things of God. Because they transcend the natural. And when the invitation comes to step over the side of the boat, you will feel a sense of trepidation because at that point you recognize the fact that unless the Holy Spirit births something in your reality and in your lifestyle right now, you're going to sink. And so we're introduced to a symbiotic relationship between him and me. Working together, allowing him to influence me and my dependence, working together with him. So that as I move through life and he invites me into situations, don't operate by what's logical. Don't operate by what you feel. You operate by the invitation that is extended from the spirit. I can't do that unless I have a spiritual disposition. So he's going to start to do something in my life. When Peter was walking along and he met the man, that was not the Peter. That was not the man that Jesus first met. When Jesus was walking along the shores of Galilee, he had a look and he saw a fisherman over there. Simon! Simon! Come follow me. And Simon went and he followed Jesus. And off he went. And Simon was the disciple. Simon was the one who went around with Jesus. But there came a time when Jesus turned around and he said to his disciples, who does everybody say that I am? And the speculation ran riot. 
And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus stopped everything and he turned and looked at him and said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Why was he blessed? Because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father who is in heaven. And on this rock I will build my church. Do you know what he was saying? I cannot tell you how excited I am for you Simon. Because you've just stepped into the spirit realm. Something's been burst on the inside of you that you never got from flesh and blood. You never got as a result of your thinking or your understanding. It wasn't burst in you because you had a sensation about it. It was burst in you because my father put it there. What he was saying was, what came alive on the inside of you was spirit. And he was saying, that is a wonderful thing. Why? Because he was parting, he was starting to pave the foundation of a new way of living within Peter. A spiritual dimension that you can only get when it is birthed of the Spirit. And he turns to him and he says to him, Peter. I, he didn't say that. I lied, he didn't. He said, Simon. He said, because of what's happened to you and because of the revelation that you've had, because you've tapped into something spiritual and you've started to establish a new foundation to your life, I'm going to change your name. Your name's no longer going to be Simon. Your name is going to be Peter. It's going to be the rock. It's going to be the rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. Do you know what he was saying? He's talking to you. He's saying, pay attention to what happened to Simon. Have a look how Simon became Peter. He's saying, I want you to know something. Peter's not your rock. That which is born of the spirit is your rock. This is how I'm going to build my church. He's talking about you. He's talking about introducing us to a new way of living. He's talking about us being coming face to face with the truth and the reality that we are put into the world, but we are not of this world. And what defines me and what defines the foundation to my life is nothing natural. It's something that is born of the Spirit. A new foundation. People throughout the Bible had their names changed because the foundation of their life changed. The foundation of their life was reborn. It was birthed of the spirit. And because it was birthed of the spirit, who they were and what they represented shifted. And in that culture, as a recognition of who they were and what they were about, and the fact that things had moved, and the fact that they had a new foundation in their life, meant that their name had to change. Abram. Exalted father became Abraham, the father of many nations. What was that all about? It was about flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But your father who is in heaven, what did God say to him? I will make your father of many nations. It wasn't something that somebody came up and told him. It was something given to him by God. And when he got that from God, what ended up happening is there was something burst on the inside of him. It was a whole new foundation of which he would live his life. And his future would be changed as a result of what was born on the inside of him. His role would shift because of what was birthed on the inside of him. He was to live from a new place. He wasn't to live from exalted father. He was to live from what had been born on the inside of him. That foundation that was birthed on the inside of him from the spirit would sustain him for 20 years. All the people on the camera can't survive for 20 minutes. (laughs) 20 years! Why could he do it for 20 years? Why? 
because it was born of the Spirit. It wasn't a thought that just came in his head, something that would be nice. Gee, that would look fabulous. Wouldn't it be a great thing if you and I could have a kid? It was something that was birthed of the Spirit. It was the substance of things hoped for. And although you may not be able to see it, the evidence that it is alive is because it has been born on the inside of me of the Spirit. You don't have to be able to see it to know that it is a living reality on the inside of who I am. What is he birthed in you? Unless it's born of the Spirit, it'll be fleeting. Don't give me a motivational speech. Ugh. It'll get you excited for five minutes. But it's got no foundation. Oh, you're so great and you're so wonderful and you're the king of the blah, 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 blah. And what? Why has it got no credibility? Because it's got no foundation. Sounds really good. I wish I could be that way. It's got no foundation. But when something is born of the spirit, it's the foundation to your life that shifts. And it's born new. And it exists. You don't have to tell me about it because it doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. God deals with me at a space which is far more intimate than any of you have access to. And when he does something in the very essence of who I am, and when something is born in that space, when something is birthed in that space, you're not going to get it. Ask any woman who's pregnant and she will tell you, I don't care if you haven't seen it. I might not be able to tell you if it's a boy or a girl, but it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. You've had a name change. You may not know it, but you have. You see... You were a son of man. You were natural. You were a son of man. And what happened over time is that you had an interaction with the Holy Spirit. And when you had an interaction with the Holy Spirit, he introduced you to the very Spirit of Christ. And when the spirit of Christ came on the inside of you, you were no longer a son of man. You became a son of God. You've had a name change. There's something fundamental that's happened in your life. I know you don't believe me, so I'll tell you what the Bible says. Colossians 3 verse 10. You have put on the new man who's being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Did you receive him? Yes. Say, I'm a child of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You were born of the Spirit. If you were born of the Spirit, you're a son of God. You're a son of God. Because you're a son of God, the Holy Spirit is working in your life. I want you to know that if you're a son of God, the very Spirit of Christ has moved into the neighborhood. And he's not content just to sit next door without an introduction. He's not content to sit next door without coming to meet with him. He's looking for you to go and meet with him. Because when you meet with him, what he's going to do is he's going to sit and say, I need you to understand something. You're no longer son of man. You're son of God. And so in the space where you go and you meet with him, he's going to start to speak to you and he's going to start to birth on the inside of you the truths of what it means to be a son of God. You see, your soulish realm and the true you has been defined by the son of man because that's where you've lived. But God's moved into the neighborhood. And because he's moved into the neighborhood, he doesn't want you to know about him and try and act like him. Mm 
He doesn't want you to know who he is and what he's doing and try and impersonate him. What he's saying to you is, the invitation I extend to you is to come and meet with me. Because when you meet with me, my spirit will birth something on the inside of you. And when it births something on the inside of you, then you have life. Up until that point, all you have is empty Christianity. My home is empty, but he lives next door. It's the message of grace. Grace says, I don't need you to do anything. He has provided everything for you. And the mechanism he's going to use for introducing it to your life is by birthing it from the Spirit. Why is he birthing it? Because he wants to change the foundation. Abraham was sustained for 20 years because he had a foundation born of the Spirit. When we have a foundation that is scared and that is nervous, that is apprehensive, that is sickly, that has a poor self-image, it's all who you used to be, the son of man. And the spirit is there to sit and say to you, I'm going to change your foundation. You can't shift it. Let me birth something of him in you. Why? Because he's trying to take image that lives next door so that you could be like your neighbor. He's doing something and changing us so that we could look more like who he is. The mechanism that God uses when he moves into the neighborhood for changing us is something that we call kingdom. Kingdom is all about the life of God that moves in and becomes, takes up residence in my spirit. I have been born again. I have the spirit of Christ on the inside of me. But Christ is not happy just being a neighbor. The thing about it is, he's moved into quite a skanky neighborhood. <laughs> Nobody wants to live in a skanky neighborhood. <laughs> so he goes out and he's like, you know what? We're going to change the house and we're going to repaint it and we're going to put on new gutters and we're going to put some garden in here and we're going to get some lawn going and we're going to. He's, you know what he's doing? He's sitting saying, I want to flood your life. Don't leave me locked up at home. I want to come out. Let me come and give me the opportunity to redesign the neighborhood. What he wants to do is he wants to... He, the reason that he can do that is because all authority has been given unto him. Kingdom is all about the reign and rule of Christ. Not reigning and ruling over you. He gave you a free will. He's not going to rule and reign over you. What he wants to rule and reign over are those parts of your life that are entrenched. Those parts of your life that are defining who you are. I'm such a nervous wreck. You don't have the authority to change it. He does. He can step into that space and begin to reign and rule in that place and he can birth something new, a peace that you can't get outside of him. Kingdom is all about the life of Christ, the reign and rule of Christ coming in and redefining my life. My neighborhood taking on a whole new perspective so that I look different and I present myself differently and I act differently and I live differently. He's moving into the neighborhood. What he's doing is he's looking for the opportunity to redefine who I am so that he can express himself through me. As long as you look like you look, you look like you. But if I can redefine the essence of who you are and I can change that foundation, what will end up happening is you will live off that foundation and you will begin to look like that foundation. He always works from the inside out, not the outside in. So he's doing something to bring about change in our life. If you have a look at John chapter 3. Verse 3 says, okay, so what happened is Nicodemus has seen Jesus. And Jesus is going around and Jesus is doing all kinds of stuff and all kinds of miracles are happening and people's lives are being touched and people are being transformed and he has 
crowds of people around him who want to know about who he is and what's happening and give us truth, give us insight, give us knowledge, give us understanding. And Nicodemus comes to him and he says, I see all the stuff that you're doing. And there's something more to this. And he's like, share with me the truth. Give me the insight as to what's going on here. So Jesus says to him in verse three, he says, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again or born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What he was saying was this, until the life of God moves in and establishes a new foundation, the problem with it is you will have no concept or understanding of spiritual things. You will not understand spiritual things. It makes no sense to a person who is natural when you sit and say, put your hands on somebody who has cancer and pray for them to be healed. They will laugh at it because it makes no sense to the natural realm. It makes no sense to the natural realm if somebody gives you a couple of fish and five loaves and says, do you know what, just take those and just divide it and you'll feed 5,000 people. It doesn't make sense. Everybody knows that. What God is saying to him is this, unless you get born again and you allow the spirit to birth something on the inside of you and it births a reality and a foundation that is spirit inspired, you will never have a context for spiritual things. You'll always look at natural stuff. And every time the spirit is trying to do something in your life, what ends up happening is you decapitate it because it doesn't make any sense to my understanding. So I'm, he's paralyzed in your life to do stuff. Because the place that he can live in is a small little area that I understand and I can define. So we're all happy little Christians. Nice people who love everyone. And that's the extent of our Christianity. What he was saying is this, Nicodemus, you have nothing birthed on the inside of you which is spiritual. I need my spirit to birth something in this inside of you. And when it births, it'll give you context to spiritual things. And when your spiritual eyes are open, suddenly you will see stuff and it'll be like, oh, maybe what I could do is, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I can give unto thee. Natural people never go there because there's no context for it. They can't see it. So it's important that the spirit be resident on the inside of us. It's important that the spirit be the neighbor. Okay? When he's there, you will be able to see the kingdom of God. Turn to verse five. He carries on in speaking to Nicodemus and he says to them, but most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and born of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. First, he's talking about seeing the kingdom, which is one thing. But then he says, seeing is one aspect of it. Do you want to go into it? Do you want to participate in kingdom? Because if you want to participate in kingdom, you're going to have to be born of the water and born of the spirit. Spiritual things are always born. Always born. What he's saying to him is Nicodemus, there's a life shift that has to happen here. When the spirit of God moves onto the inside of who we are, what ends up happening is the life of Christ is inside of me. The very image of God is inside there. The vine has taken root. But he says that I'm glad that you have that stuff because it's gonna give you context. The thing about it is, although you can see the kingdom, and you have context for the kingdom, the invitation is to enter the kingdom. Entering the kingdom comes by born of the water and born of the spirit. When he talks about born of the water, it's so interesting because there's so many views about what this is. And some people say it's born of the, because you're naturally born. You're born of the water. Other people say you have to be baptized and that's born of the water. I don't think either of those are right. 
because I don't think either of those give you the opportunity to enter the kingdom of God. That's not what he's talking about, entering the kingdom. The fact that you were naturally born doesn't mean that you have the ability to enter the kingdom. The fact that you were baptized doesn't mean you can enter the kingdom. That's not what he's talking about. I think what he's talking about here is he's talking about the word of God, the rhema, and the spirit who fulfills it. If you look at Ephesians chapter five, verses 25 and 26, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. The word. What he's saying is this. If you want to enter the kingdom, you have to come and meet with me. Because when you meet with me, what will end up happening is you will get rhema. Step over the side of the boat. And once you get rhema, the thing about it is, it's never going to be fulfilled unless you have the power of the Spirit. Things that God is going to do in the inside of you is going to have to be birthed inside of you. When he invites you to participate in kingdom, he is going to give you a word. And when you act on that word, things that happen in the natural are going to have to be birthed of the spirit. Both me and my lifestyle are nothing more than a product of being birthed of the spirit. It changes my paradigm to how I live. If I don't have that, I'm just a good natural Christian. What he's saying is, Kingdom is participating in all that God has available to you. Can you trust him to make that happen? Can you trust him? Because it has to be born. It has to be birthed of him. This is wonderful news. You should be very happy about this. It means you don't have to do it. He's taken responsibility for it. What he's talking about is this. In that context, he's talking about you get born again, life of Christ comes and dwells on the inside of me. Vine is established. Image is there. Holy Spirit comes and as you go to your neighbor and you spend time and knock on the door and you meet him, what will happen is image will start to give definition to what likeness should be. And the Holy Spirit is going to take you and the true you and who you are and he's going to connect it to that vine. And he speaks about the vine and the branches and the life that moves between the two. That's how we do it. That's how we participate in the things of God. Everything is from him. It's about a metamorphosis. Do you know what a metamorphosis is? A metamorphosis is a change in form or nature that not only affects, well, potentially a thing or a person and results in a completely new entity. That's a metamorphosis, a completely new entity. That's why you have to be born of the spirit because you are natural. And what you can do in the natural is fine. I hope you have great skills. I hope you're creative as can be. Go and be successful and have lots of joy in life. That's good. And I mean that sincerely. But it doesn't have any influence over spirit. As born again believers, we're to straddle both realms. We're supposed to have a reality of both of those things and know how to function in each realm. The reason that, metam- uh, that, that birth becomes important is because what he's birthing on the inside of us is spirit. What he's saying is metamorphosis is about a change in the nature of who you are. You used to be natural and now he's birthing something on the inside of you which is spiritual. You being redefined by spiritual realities. You know why it's important? Because the root produces the fruit. A good tree cannot uh, produce bad fruit. And a bad tree or a natural tree cannot produce good fruit, spiritual fruit. 
What he's saying is, I'm wanting you to shift a little bit. Because when you start stepping into the spirit realm, understand this, that what we're doing is we're allowing his spirit to birth a nature on the inside of me that creates a spiritual nature that I can live from. A spiritual nature gives redefinition to the way that I see the world and life and people. And I live in the expectation of what is being birthed on the inside of me, bearing fruit when I walk into circumstances and situations. The nature's shifted. The nature's changed. Do you know where you see this best? Jesus. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was a man. He was. That's not, that's not shocking. That's true. Jesus was the man. Christ was the Messiah, the anointed one. Jesus was the man with flesh on. He had the spirit of God on the inside of him because he was conceived of the spirit. But he was a man like you and me. What ended up happening? He used to go with regularity and meet with the father. And when he met with the father regularly, he had relationship. And every time the father would speak to him, the father and his spirit who was resident on the inside of him said, let me share my image with you. I'll tell you how I see the situation. I'll tell you how I see reality. I'll tell you how I see that predicament and what's happening over there. What ended up happening is he was sharing image so that Jesus should take on, could take on his likeness. That's why Jesus said after a period of time, Jesus the man was completely defined by the father within. A complete metamorphosis had taken place. And so he said to people, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. He didn't say I am the father. He didn't say I am the father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I love who I am because I look like dad. Not only that, he said, the things that I do, the reason that they take place is not because I'm Jesus the man. The spirit on the inside of me that's birthed a new life within me, he tells me what to do. And when I'm obedient and live in a symbiotic relationship with him, when I move to spaces where I begin to act out of his invitation, I live in the expectation that the father in me does the works. <laughs> you know what he was doing? He was modeling for you and for me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. What he was saying was this, I have the Father, you will have the Father through me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's not to sit and say that you don't exist, but he's calling us to meet with him with such regularity that the image of who he is and what he's all about begins to touch and affect and birth some stuff on the inside of me that when I walk into a space, people have a look at it and I can say, if you've seen me, you've seen Christ. I didn't say I am Christ. It's not heresy. He said you're to be conformed to the image of Christ, which changes everything. There are times where people sit and say, I wonder what would happen if Jesus was here in this situation with me. You've just discovered your purpose. You've just discovered your purpose. You are to be the word made flesh. When you arrive on the scene, like Jesus said, when I arrive, the Father arrives. When you arrive, Christ should arrive. You're not Christ, but everything that defines who he is is coming out in the likeness of who I am. Can we stand? So you're all going to be pirates this week. Ah, oh, no, 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 no. I'll keep it friendly. You're all going to be pirates this week. You're all going to be in search of treasure. 
spiritual treasure. What I would encourage you to do this week is recognize the fact that I'm not only natural, but I'm spiritual. I am not of the world, I'm just called into the world. So if I'm not of it, I'm of something spiritual. I'm of him. And so what I want to encourage you to do this week is to begin to explore and become sensitive to what does a spiritual dimension look like in the situations in which you find yourself. You can't do that without becoming sensitive to who he is. But in that space, there is always the invitation to come and meet with me. Meeting with him is the most important thing to your Christianity. I know this might shock you, but it's not about being a good person. It's not about being a nice person. It's not even about being a loving person. It's about being Christ in me. You get the root right and everything else will take care of itself. The most important thing that you can do is get to a place where I live out of intimacy of relationship with him. He and I meet with regularity and I allow him in that meeting to speak to me because the words he speaks carry with it the power for the Holy Spirit to be able to birth something new in me. He's changing the foundation to my life. I'm living from a new place. I live in the expectation of different outcomes. Not things that are simply defined and limited to natural outcomes, but things that transcend that. Father, I pray right now for every person here. Holy Spirit, as people set themselves aside this week to be with you, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to flood their lives. Birth on the inside of them, I pray, Holy Spirit. Spiritual realities. Spiritual truths that start to establish a new foundation in people. A new place that they live from. A place defined by you. Christ, the author and the finisher. I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you who began a good work in us is going to be faithful to fulfill it. I thank you that you didn't just move into the neighborhood to take up residence, but you moved into the neighborhood to redesign it.